0: Alright, hey, welcome to church today. Come on, you made it. Even with an hour less of sleep, come on. How awesome are you? Hey, my name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor. For those of you that do not know me, I want to welcome everybody that is watching us right now on YouTube live. Hey, thank you for tuning in and whoever's going to listen to our podcast this week. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening and staying connected to Passionate Life Church. All right. Hey, we are wrapping up a series today called Treasure Hunt Part 8. Uh, Before we get into it, um, I got a text message this morning from my pastor um, urging me to talk about the coronavirus, okay? And so I'm going to talk about it, okay? I'm going to give us five uh, ways to get rid of our fear of the uh, coronavirus, okay? All right, here we go. Number one, stop watching the news there's a good one, right? Stop watching the news, stop reading the news, right? They get paid to get you to watch and read, okay? All right, number two, wash your hands, which is also like just good information in general. We should be doing this anyway, right? We should be washing our hands. Um, If you're sick, Stay home, okay, like, don't go to work, don't go to school, don't come to church, watch us online if you're sick and you're afraid, again, more good advice, all right? Number four, and this is, this is my favorite one, okay, start calling it the Mexican beer virus. <laughs> Way less scary, okay? Way less scary. Some of you are just getting that now, okay, oh, <laughs> Mexican beer, got you, Pastor. And number five, man, Jesus is bigger than the coronavirus, okay? Like, come on, like, God's in control. He's not surprised, all right? He's bigger, okay? We good? Awesome. We're, let's review really quick uh, on Treasure Hunt. Man, we've been talking about uh, digging and discovering all that God has in store for us, He has treasure. For us multiple uh, treasures in store for us in the last three weeks we've been just sitting on treasuring obedience because it's just so important of a subject because we can't open the treasure chest that God has in store for us without the key and obedience is the key to opening that treasure chest chest. And so the last three weeks, we've just been sitting on obedience. And so today, today we're wrapping up the series. And let me tell you, next week we are starting a series that is going to be so powerful. Man, God has just given me so many revelations into our next series. Uh, I don't know the title of it, but we're going to be talking about words, the power of words. And and it's just going to be awesome, awesome series. Uh, I believe that God has given me just some fresh revelation on that. Um, so part eight, come on, I'm getting off, I'm getting off track here today. Uh, part eight, uh, man, I want us to make sure that we're seeking the right treasure, okay? That we're seeking the right treasure. Come on, let's pray, and we'll get into God's word today. Father, I thank you for this, this moment, God. God, I thank you that you're not surprised who's in this room today and who's watching us online. God, we just... Holy Spirit, we honor you in this this moment, in this this house today that is your house, God. Father, I just pray that you would open our hearts, you would open our minds to the understanding of your word today, God. Let us draw a little bit closer to you. Let us leave change today, knowing how much you love us and how much you have for us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. amen and amen. Let's jump right into Matthew six twenty through 21. Jesus says this, Jesus says, store your treasure in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. So Jesus says that your desires and your treasure are one. Whatever you desire in life, that is where you are going to store up treasures. And here, Jesus is telling us, listen, there's uh, more than one treasure, right? There's eternal treasure, and then there's stuff that we, we, we gather here while we're here on earth. And Jesus says that it's a real temptation, that it's a real desire that we'd want to store up a bunch of stuff while we're here on earth. And Jesus says, listen, moths can eat it. It can rust, right? It's, it's gonna eventually go to somebody else, right? And, and we talked about this last week for a moment. When we talk about eternal treasure, we're talking about what you are leaving to the people behind as an eternal inheritance. I'm not, I'm not talking about leaving a, a financial inheritance for people. You, you know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about an eternal inheritance. What are you leaving behind? That will last in eternity. What are you leaving? What's the mark that you're leaving for your friends and your family? What is the mark that you're leaving for your kids and your grandkids and your great grandkids? What is the eternal inheritance that you are passing down to them? Because Jesus says that's the only thing that's really important in this life is what you are leaving when you're gone. What's the eternal inheritance that we're leaving behind. What do we really treasure in this life? What do we really treasure in this life? Because Jesus would say today that there is a desire, there is a pull towards material things that can pull us away from the things of God. We're going to read a story this morning that's in three of the Gospels. Okay, And whenever we see the same story in multiple Gospels, it's called the harmony of the Gospels, but really it's, it's for us to know that these, this story is really, really, really important, right? Not just important, but it's really important that we, we pay attention to this story and the things in this, this story. And so let me give you some context of what I believe before we get into this story. And uh, I'm going to pull some information from different of the Gospels, different uh, information from the different Gospels, but we're going to read it from Mark today because I like Mark the best, okay? I like this, the way he writes it the best. And, and, and so um, let me just give you some context. I believe, I believe that Jesus had seen this young man, okay? This story is about a, what is called a rich young ruler, okay? In the Gospel of Luke, it tells us that he's a rich young ruler. What that means is that he's a leader in the synagogue, okay? He is a leader in the church. He has money, okay? He, he, he most likely, I believe most likely, Jesus had seen this young man in the synagogue, okay? Because Jesus went to church, all right? let that sink in for a moment. Jesus went to church, right? Like Jesus went to church. Um, just settle that in for a moment, okay? And, and and so I'm guessing that Jesus saw this young man, right? And we've talked about this in the series. You know, he's making it rain in the offering box so everybody can see how awesome he is. You know, he's, he's probably a, a, one of the Pharisees there and wearing sweet robes with bells on them, right? And, and I'm, I'm guessing that this young man had seen Jesus and heard Jesus before, okay? And so... Their their paths most likely had crossed, but they had never interacted with each other until this moment. So let's, let's read Mark 10, 17 today. Let's begin to read it. As Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down, and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life you can leave that passage up for a moment okay so look at that question like if you're just reading along in scripture like hey that's a good question right like he's asking how can i inherit eternal life how can i make it to heaven that that seems like a good question but the way he phrases the question to jesus lets jesus know where he's at and what he thinks of him Okay, because he, he uses the phrase good teacher, Jesus immediately knows that this young man does not believe that he's God. Because if he would have thought that he was God, he, he, would have, he, would have, he would have said good master and not good teacher. And so basically what this young man, this young religious leader is saying to Jesus is he's saying, hey, good rabbi, I, I know you're a good rabbi, I don't believe that you're God. And so Jesus knows in this moment, and this is important to know for the next thing that, that Jesus says afterwards, Jesus knows that he doesn't think that he's God. Let's continue. Why do you call me good? Jesus asks. Only God is truly good. And so the reason why I wanted to, to explain that, that, that passage to you is because God, Jesus here is not denying his deity here, okay? Okay? Jesus is not denying his deity here. He knew that this young man did not think that he was God. And so that's why he's saying, well, why do you call me good? You don't think that I'm God, right? He's saying only God is truly good. And so Jesus is cutting to the heart back to this young man. Let's continue with the story. 19 through 20. But to answer your question, you know the commandments, Right? Jesus knew who this young man was. Again, maybe they had never had a conversation, but Jesus knew that he was in the synagogue, that he was a leader. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and your mother. And it's interesting that Jesus only reads six out of the 10 commandments. Look, Look look how this young man responds. Teacher! I've obeyed all these commands since I was very young. And I don't know why I think about this. I think of the young man just going like this. I am nailing it. I'm nailing it all. Like, I'm, man, Jesus, like, I'm pretty much perfect. I am, man, old man. I'm just, I'm killing it right now. And basically what this young man wanted Jesus to do is he wanted Jesus to acknowledge how awesome he was in front of the whole crowd. He, wa- he wanted Jesus to be like, everyone, let's begin to slow clap for this guy. He's <laughs> nailing it. Let's do it. You know what I mean? Like, this is what he's thinking in his mind. He's like, "I'm nailing all of these." And, and I, man, Jesus, just just give me accolades." And, and basically what he's telling Jesus is, "I'm perfect. I'm awesome. Tell everybody. How awesome I am. And remember, in, in, we, we talked about motivation matters of obedience through this series, right? And, and we talked about many times the Pharisees were motivated by, by people thinking how awesome they were. That's why they gave so much money. That's why they recited prayers out loud for eight hours. They wanted the accolades. They wanted people to think that they were awesome. And here's just a moment, another moment, where this guy's hoping that Jesus acknowledges his awesomeness. Let's continue with the story. And I love this. I love this. Mark is really the only one that puts this, this in here. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. And I think that's an important to understand, that Jesus is looking at this young man, He's probably seen this young man, right, making it rain in the offering box and, and you know, reciting prayers. And Jesus has real love for this young man and, and, and his, his self-control. And, and, and man, he's, his dedication to the synagogue and, and to the Word of God. And, and Jesus has genuine young love for this young man. This is what Jesus says, he says, "'There is still one thing you haven't done. "'Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. "'Then come follow me.' "'At this the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions.' Jesus is saying, and you will have treasure in heaven, which means that up to this moment, this young man didn't have any treasure in heaven. And it's, it's more than than just going and selling all your possessions and giving it to the poor, right? That was step one for this young man. Listen, when we let the Holy Spirit into our life, okay, when we let Jesus into our life, Jesus will expose our sin, The Holy Spirit will expose our sin. And that's what Jesus is doing in this moment to this young man, he's exposing his sin to him. He's saying, listen bro, bro, you've got some pride in your life. You've got some idolatry in your life. You love your stuff more than God. And so every, man, we let the Holy Spirit into our life. We let Jesus into our life. Jesus will expose our sin not to embarrass us or make us feel shame. Listen, shame is not from God, right? Shame is not from the Holy Spirit, right? He exposes our sin because he wants us to get through it, right? So we can do what? Follow him. Like that's, man, that that key phrase is the most important phrase in this sentence when Jesus says, Okay, you go do that. Deal with your sin, right? Repent, then follow me. And he walks away sad because he doesn't want to deal with his sin. He, he doesn't want to deal with his pride. He, he doesn't want to, he loves his stuff. He loves his sin more than he does Jesus. Hebrews 12.1 tells us this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. What Jesus is is doing in this encounter with this young man is he's trying to get him focused on the treasure that he has for him. He's just storing up earthly wealth, and Jesus is like, listen, bro, you need to to refocus on eternal treasure because you don't have any eternal treasure. You're allowing sin to trip you up, and and what I think happened after this moment, and we're not privy to that, but what I think happened is that Jesus is walking with his disciples to Jerusalem, and he looks at them, and I believe he, he probably looked at them with compassion, In his heart and saying, man, that young man was so close. Man, he's so close. He he loves church and he loves the Bible and he loves to pray. But when he stands before me, I'm going to say, I never knew you. Why? Because, man, you let sin keep you down. You let sin destroy your life. You were so focused on this life that you completely forgot about the next. And my heart as your pastor and anyone that comes through those doors, I never want you to stand before Jesus and him to say, man, you were so close, but I never knew you. And that's, that's how important, man, it's this, 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 this spirit of pride, right? It's this spirit of pride that, that man, the book of Proverbs said it's the pride, the, when pride comes, it makes us fall, Right? Pride is such a dangerous thing in our lives, it can literally stop us from the treasure that God has in store for us. Proverbs 11.2 says this, Pride leads to disgrace. And we see this in the story. This young man walks away. He is so close to Jesus. He is so close to all that God has in store for his life. But what happens? He walks away in disgrace because he loves his sin. He loves his stuff more than following God. And so he lives a life, listen, without wisdom, but with humility comes wisdom. Humility comes wisdom. Listen, God's wisdom keeps us investing in the right treasure. God's wisdom, like, like some of you are like, oh, I'm scared. You know, am I, am I going to drift away? Am I, am I not going to know, you know, my sin? And am I going to miss it? Listen, you, if you have the Holy Spirit in your life, you're not going to miss it, Okay. God's gonna speak to you about your pride. He's gonna speak to you about your sin. And when we have humility and when we have the wisdom of God, man, he'll keep us on the right track. He'll keep us on the right track. So from the beginning of time, humanity has desired wisdom. We desire wisdom. Genesis 3, 6. The woman was convinced she saw that the tree was beautiful its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the what she wanted the wisdom it would give her and so from the beginning of time the way god has created us we crave wisdom we desire wisdom we just need to make sure that we're desiring the right wisdom that we're desiring the wisdom that comes from from god and not from other things. Proverbs 9:10 and we, we read this passage last week we just read the first part but I want to I want to break down the whole passage here Proverbs 9:10 The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And so I believe that there's three components to to God's wisdom. I believe that there's three components to God's wisdom and we talked about the first component last week and the first component is fearing God and knowing he's all powerful right we've been talking about obedience and 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 God and Jesus says when you think about God, think as a father, and yes, he's an all-loving father who's got generous things in store for us, right? He, he's, he's a father who disciplines perfectly, right? And his discipline always leads to a peaceful harvest. But also knowing that he's all-powerful daddy, right? Like he's all-powerful God and having a healthy fear of God, having a healthy fear of our father, knowing that he can do anything that he wants and we've talked about this over the last couple of weeks when when we delay obedience when we know we're supposed to be doing something and we delay it and we delay it and do we delay it and we think we have all the time in the world listen we don't have all the time in the world when we stay in disobedience listen there can be real consequences and we talked about that last week with man God's chosen people his chosen people stayed in the wilderness for 40 years, and that whole generation that wouldn't follow, that wouldn't receive the gifts from God, they all died in the wilderness. Listen, I did drugs for seven years of my life, okay? I party my brains out. It is only by the grace and the mercy of God that I am standing here today, that I didn't overdose, that I didn't die, that I didn't get arrested, or something else happened to my life. I know that, but I also know that, man, I was running... I was running on time that eventually, at some point, God was going to give me a wake-up call. And I knew that. That if I didn't change my life, and really change my life, that I was, man, I was leading my life into some pretty troubled waters. And so, having this fear of God, knowing that He's all-powerful God, He's an all-powerful Daddy, is the first step of receiving God's wisdom and following God's wisdom. Number two, the second one is knowledge. And this is an easy one, knowledge. It's really just knowing this book and the promises that this book has in store for us. Knowing God's word. Listen, we're, we're in an, a day and age, we're in the knowledge age, right? We're in the information age. Anything you wanna know, right? Anything you wanna know, you just Google it anything you want to know how to do, you YouTube it, right? Like, back in my day, you had to go to a library. (laughs) Go to the card catalog, right? Like, (laughs) what's a card catalog? Um, (laughs) So we're living in an information. We have information, right? We have knowledge. We have more knowledge than any generation that has ever existed. We have information. We have knowledge. But knowledge is no good. I'm telling you, knowledge is no good without number three, the third part of wisdom, and that is understanding. Now this is the tricky one okay the understanding piece because i b- i believe that we don't fully understand god's wisdom and what god is doing in our life without understanding and many times you have to go through some stuff to receive understanding and and that's why as As Passionate Life Church, we always, always, always need to be a multi-generational church. Because there's just some things that you older people, you older people, you older people know because you've lived longer, right? You've gone through more stuff and you've just, man, you've just gone through it and and you've tested God and and you've seen him show up and you just know more stuff because you're older and you've gone through more things with God and so that's the understanding piece. Let me give you an example from our life about how we gained understanding. For the first nine, was it 10 years before we had kids? Nine? Nine years? Don and I, so we call these our married single years, okay? Um, where we basically did whatever we wanted, right? Uh, we lived in, uh, about 10 minutes from the beach, and if we wanted to go to the beach, we went to the beach, right? If we wanted to go out to eat, we went out to eat. If we wanted to go to the mall, we just... God went to the mall. We, we had uh, different different ministries at our old church. We had a singles ministry, and we had a, a prayer group. And, man, we had singles hanging out in our house until 2, 3, 4 in the morning. it was just, that was our life. And we we loved it. We, we didn't have any kids, right? We didn't have any really responsibility. And so we just, it's our married single years, right? And so... Don and I both worked corporate jobs for many, many years, and we were in the corporate grind. Some of you know what I'm talking about. And um, Don finally got pregnant, and uh, we decided we're going to have a child. And so we literally bought every single book at Barnes & Nobles on, you know, Childbirthing and breastfeeding and just like everything, how to raise a kid, right? Um, just, just everything. Uh, organic food, just like everything, right? Like we had all of these books. I remember, like, Don had a book that was this big, right? Like, I'm like, what? What is in there, right? And and here's the thing, um, Don read most of the books, and she told me about them because I didn't want to read them. Um, and but she told me about them, right? She spent all that time reading, and she told me about them. And so we felt, like, really prepared, right? Like, we had a lot of information, right? And we saw people with kids, right? You know what I'm saying? And so we knew what we didn't want to do, you know what I mean? Like, we are very judgmental before we had kids, right? You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, when we have kids, they are not going to act like that, especially in a restaurant, <laughs> yep. So we were prepared, okay? We we were prepared. We were ready to go, right? We knew what we didn't want to do. We had all of this information. And uh, please, ladies, please don't, like, like, don't elbow me on the way out today, okay? Because my wife agreed with this, okay? Just... My wife agreed this is where we were at with understanding. Um, Her water breaks. I come home. You know, we've got all the bags packed and everything. And and so we're getting into our car. And uh, you had, what, 10 weeks off, 12 weeks? What was it, 10, 12? 12 weeks off for maternity leave. And I said these words to her, okay, as we are getting in the car. I'm like, babe, today starts your 12-week vacation. <laughs> and she said, yes, I know. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then... We brought Judah home, and uh, he literally would not sleep, okay? Every hour and a half, hour, hour 15, he was hungry, and then he spit up a lot. And um, we quickly understood that this wasn't a vacation. (laughs) I mean, Jude, I love you. He was not a good kid. Like, he was not a good baby, okay? Like, he was just, he never slept. He, he just spit up all the time. I mean, he put us through it. But we struggled with everything, okay? We struggled with everything. And at that moment, that's when we received understanding. <laughs> by going through it, by understanding, man, like... There was nothing in the book about this. You know what I mean? Like, there, man, when we're talking about the wisdom of God, when we're talking about the wisdom of God, man, one, we need to fear God. Two, we need, we need to have the knowledge of who God is, right? But we also need to live through some stuff with God. And that's just the, the part of us trusting who God is in our lives. And, and there's just some things that, that, man, I can get up here and I can inspire you to, to walk in faith. And, and I can encourage you, man, to follow God and, and to discover all the treasure that he has for you. But there are just some things that you will only discover by walking with God on your own. You're going to need to go through some stuff. To receive that understanding that God has for you. And I would say today don't delay. I would say today, for one, it, it's the greatest decision that I ever made in my life to follow Jesus with all of my heart, soul, and mind. Listen, he's got great treasure for you beyond what you can possibly imagine. But we gotta be seeking the right treasure. Man, there there is a real desire that is in our hearts to focus on material things. Because... As Americans, our whole goal in life is to get more comfortable, right? Our whole goal is to get more comfortable, to get a bigger house, to get a nicer car, to get a better, higher-paying job where where I do less, right? Like, that's our whole goal. The kingdom of God is just so countercultural to that. Jesus says, man, eternal eternal rewards. Like, what are we leaving behind for the next generation? What are you leaving for your kids? What, what are you leaving for your grandkids and your great-grandkids? What are they going to say about you when you're gone? Are they going to say, well, they left us, you know, they left us a couple thousand dollars. Or, you know what I mean? Like, thanks, grandma. You know what I mean? Like, Or are they going to say, man, they were a man of faith. They were a woman of faith. Man, I knew every day that grandma and grandpa, mom and dad were praying for me. They were interceding for me. Because Jesus says that's, and that's the stuff that matters in eternity. I don't want any of us here today as your pastor who loves you I care about your, your life, but I really care about what happens when you stand in front of Jesus and what he says to you. And I don't want him to say, oh, you were so close, but I never knew you, and you never knew me. Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Listen, this is your moment this morning. As we transition into our response time, listen, this is your moment. Don't delay. And God's been speaking to many of you this morning about responding to his son, Jesus. Maybe if you're honest with yourself, you'd say, Pastor, I've never said yes to Jesus, and I need to today. I need to follow him today. I need some God wisdom in my life. Or maybe you've drifted from the truth and you drifted from God and today's the day where you make a commitment to follow him. Again, every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. If that's you, just slip up a hand. I just want to pray with you today. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, you can put your hands down. And I would just ask this morning if we all repeat this prayer as we help those making the greatest decision of their life today. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. And I ask this morning that you would forgive me of all my sin, that you would come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give them a hand clap today. Heaven is rejoicing today.